Hey, what's up, guys? Welcome to the NFL podcast from Mojo. We have Alex, Dan, and Riley. We could talk all things NFL, guys, week nine. Another week of just shocking football in good ways and in bad ways. I mean, week nine saw about six games with three points between the two oppositions. Dan, highlight from week nine. Yeah, I, I can't believe I'm saying this, and it is difficult to get the words out, but I'm going because I love offensive play. I love quarterbacks, you know that. But I'm going to give defense credit this week, in particular the Tennessee Titans. I just feel like this year it has been a complete 360 in terms of the NFL football. You know, last year we saw, in the last couple of years, we've seen historic offensive records getting broken. Cooper Cup, uh, it's been absolutely incredible, but... It's been a three. It's been a complete three hundred and sixty. Defenses have absolutely loaded up. Uh, they've been absolutely incredible. I won't steal anyone else's takes, but there's a certain um, cornerback who plays for the New York Jets, Sauce Gardner, who's showing showing some signs. But look, keeping it to Tennessee, it was just a, it was incredible. Where outside of Derrick Henry, they have had they have no offense at the moment. Obviously, with no Tannehill. Literally nothing's happening on the offensive side. The entire defense is carrying that football team to go toe-to-toe, to take one of the the top franchises in the league uh, into overtime. Just really, really impressive. Uh, Simmons, an incredible player, uh, extremely physical. And uh, I knew there was a reason why I liked Rabel. Yeah, he's, he's, he's very, very physical. And uh, look, if they can ever get their offense sorted uh, and find themselves a high-quality quarterback, uh, they're onto a good thing there in Tennessee. I feel like that's the answer to everyone. Everyone needs a high quality quarterback, but not everybody. Can it's a, easier said than done. <laughs> yeah. Um, for me, I got I mean, I'm wearing his Ohio state Jersey. So clearly we all know where this is going, but Justin Fields getting a record. He, yes, it was a loss for the bears, but it's great seeing him progress week and week. He just looks better and better. He seems to have found a stride. They seem to have found a system that works for him, but 178 rushing yards from a quarterback. I think he had about 301 out of their 378 total offensive yards. So props to him for that one. He's clearly doing what he needs to do. So my highlight for week nine is my boy, Justin Fields, setting that 178 rushing yard record. Riley, week nine highlight for you. Um, I'm going to take a page out of your book and I'm going to scoot into college. And give a shout out to my LSU boys after the dramatic loss to Florida State in round one, where we lost by a blocked field goal, and then being arsy and going for a two point conversion, not giving it to Bama again and taking home the win. So satisfying to beat Bama for one, but also as an underdog. Like it's always good. And just to know that everyone was saying that Brian Kelly was going to. He's never going to win. He was never going to get a winning culture and he was always going to get spanked by Bama to come out in round or year one and get a win like that. It just, it's a great, great end to my weekend. I was going to say, how's his accent going, Brian Kelly? Uh, yeah, obviously. He, he got rid of that. Nola. <laughs> Nola Twang. Yeah. All right. And just, I uh, hope you're taking notes there for all of these future Patriots plays that are going to be drafted over the next couple of years. So uh, <laughs> yeah, they could call out. Yeah, college If you want entertaining football, highly recommend watching college football. LSU put an absolute show against Bama. It was a great game. But just the games in general uh, for college are always always a fun time, especially when there's a rivalry involved. All right, guys, it is time for us to jump into our first breakdown where we're going to talk all things Panthers and Falcons. Dan, we're going to kick off with the Panthers just because I think they're in an 
interesting situation. They had PJ Walker go down in there. I think there was a loss to the Falcons in, in week eight. You know, they take a loss to the Bengals, who absolutely balled out without Jamar uh, Chase. PJ Walker struggled. He was benched while the Panthers were down 35 nil. Mayfield, Baker Mayfield came in. Sam Donald is back in the roster kind of for next week. He's off injured reserved. Is if you were the Panthers head coach, who are you picking as your quarterback to move on through the season? Look, it's it is really challenging for the Panthers because you know, you always say if you've got two quarterbacks, you've got no quarterbacks. And if you've got three quarterbacks, you're sure as shit don't have a starting quarterback. And that's a situation down there in Carolina. And, you know, it's just a little bit of a messy situation there. You know, the the owner, we know what he's like. He's very volatile. And I just think that he 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 really missed with uh, the coaching hire in Matt Rule. And I think that's really set the franchise back. You know, Matt was a talented college uh, coach and he'll go on and get another uh, great job. But, you know, he, he got, you know, he got offered a five year contract. It was one of the highest paid in contracts in the, in the league. He hadn't proved anything. And um, we've seen how messy that messy that can be. Look for me, I'm looking at their, uh, their picks for next year. This is a rebuilding situation in my opinion. So, you know, thinking about those three quarterbacks, I would be strategically, tanking if, if, if I, if I had it my way, but it is really, really difficult because the NFC is open at the moment. So Carolina do have an opportunity to kind of backdoor in to the playoffs. But for me, everyone knows what I'm like in terms of building these franchises, right? Like, I just feel like even if you were to sneak in, you're going to get absolutely destroyed in the first week. So is is it worth doing that? Or is it worth actually trying to build this thing properly? Just quickly with the with the picks uh, next year, just for our Carolina fans, I'll be excited about what it looks like. They've got one one. Uh, they've got you know a, a few picks in round three. They've got multiple picks in round in round three and round four. So they've got a ton of picks next year um, to be able to try and repair this. But yeah, it was really interesting to see how they have sort of tackled this situation because you know, getting those offers for Brian Burns and trying to keep the defense together. It appears to me they're going to try and rebuild the offense next year. It'll just be interesting to see if they can get it done. Yeah. I mean, you talked about defenses earlier when we gave in our intro, Riley, this isn't really a defensive powerhouse team. They're not really an offensive team either. If you're kind of the, 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 I mean, what do you do if you're the Panthers? I don't even know if there is anything you can do. Like, Riley, can I, can I just jump in? Would you have taken that trade for Brian Burns? So he's obviously their best defensive oh. player. He's very underrated because his first name is Brian. I mean, that's a, you know, you know, not exactly going to be a an out and out star with with the first name Brian. But he is a great player. Two first round picks from the Rams. They knocked it back. A team rebuilding. Honestly, like if you're going to get rid of McCaffrey, like your powerhouse, you know, the point where you would absolutely building a front like your franchise around him and you're going to get rid of him why keep why keep somebody on defense when they're offering such high premium even if you don't use those draft picks in the draft you can just have to look at what Miami's done like they've used the three picks that they got from San Fran for that trade with Trey Lance to get Tyreek Hill uh Waddle and um, Chubb, Bradley Chubb, like, and they are a Super Bowl contending team now or playoff contending team. You don't have to then use those draft picks 
in the draft. Like use them as money, like use them as a commodity. I mean, if they hadn't have traded, you know, McCaffrey by that point, then I would have thought, okay, you know, they're not set on that rebuilding phase. But if you're going to get rid of somebody like McCaffrey, why are you holding on to somebody like this when you can get such a high premium for him? It's just dumbfounded. I mean, it sounds like there isn't a lot that the Panthers can do, right? When you take, you know, McCaffrey out of it, you don't really have a run game. They don't really have a receiving game. There's no really one receiver that stands out really technically on your team. But if we move towards their competitors, the Atlanta Falcons, who are sitting at a better record with four and five, uh, they came off a a tough loss against the Chargers. I mean, if I'm looking at the Falcons, the one thing I do like, Dan, is they're kind of that run game. Again, they're another team that have developed a double run system in um, the rookie that they have. And Patterson was back from injury this past week. The rookie had 99 yards on 10 carries and Patterson was able to hone in two touchdowns. Like if you're doing a double system kind of running back, that's the way to do it. And I think the Falcons have kind of found a sweet spot there. Yeah, I, I feel like the the Falcons have shown enough to not be a complete teardown. And I know that that's not exactly the most positive thing that you'd say about a franchise, but it is something, you know, some of these teams are getting really, really messy this year. You know, we just spoke about the Panthers. I would have traded DJ Moore. I would have traded Brian Burns. I would have I would have blown the whole thing up and gone with rookie quarterback next year on the offensive side. With the Falcons, you're right. There, there is enough of an identity here where you can just make a couple – more adjustments over the next couple of years and you've got a football team. In addition, one of the things that I guess is a little bit disappointing is the way in which this team uh, has been built. So obviously they got Mariota in there. They probably don't look at at him as a long-term prospect. Desmond Ritter obviously sitting behind there. It's not a great look that he hasn't really sort of, you know, stepped up and won that job. But, you know, the strength of this football team is the running back. However, and I do say, and I do say a big. However, they have two incredible receiving players who are just—they're they, getting completely wasted. I, I mean, it, you know, it's, you, you either go all in to your run and Mariota, or you make some sort of adjustment and start throwing the ball around because you know this uh, this tight end in pits. You know, I don't know. Like he's got bust vibes around him, and and I I just don't know whether that's fair because he hasn't really been given the opportunity to show what he can really do. And Drake London out of USC, I don't know. I like the kid. I think he's a bigger body. I think he's a high quality player. But again, just not getting those opportunities. So yeah, very very positive on on the running side, but yeah, very unbalanced. And yeah, ultimately it's led to a few issues this year. I mean, you talked about Marriott, and that was a very interesting kind of signing trade that happened in the offseason where we saw him come to the Falcons. You're right. Pitts is definitely someone that you would expect way more production out of. Um, at least year in and year out, we expect more production. We don't really see it. Are the Falcons too focused on trying to create a run game when they've got people that they can use in a passing game, but they just don't have the backup there to to get it done? Yeah, well, I don't know, Riley, like, I don't know what your thoughts are on this, but, you know, the defense, in my opinion, is really, really shaky. We spoke off air about some of these franchises lacking depth, you know, like everyone gets injured this time of year. Like, it's not a surprise 
you know, if you're playing fantasy football, your team's tanking at the moment. We get that. It happens each and every year. But a lot of these teams are really struggling to cover. So a lot of the guys that are coming off practice squads, they're just not hitting. So AJ Terrell, I think he's a fantastic player on the defensive side, injured, and it's just really exposing them there. So if you're going to go out and you're going to, you're going to spend so much capital on Drake London, on Kyle Pitts, when you could have got some other amazing players or traded them and got more picks and more players, I don't know. I just feel like the team building and, and, and sort of the play on the field, it, it's it's not matching. And, yeah, that, that's why they're they're a little bit of a 50-50 team. Yeah, I, I wouldn't be surprised if Ritter gets a start soon. Um, Mariota's done enough to keep them as a subpar team, but, like, he's only thrown, like, 10 touchdowns this year in comparison to, like, six picks, and he's barely cracked. Like, well, I mean, he... I don't even think he's cracked maybe 200 yards passing. I don't even think, you know, he's and – he, and he's getting old. Like if you're going to have these these players with these like pits, everyone, yes, he's at that – oh, is he a bust point? It's, you know, and you're either going to take the mentality of, yes, we wasted a pick on him because his production's not that great or we're not giving him the right scheme, the right player to be throwing to him. You know, you look at teams like the Patriots who've had very successful tight ends because their coaching has been clever and they have designed plays and schemes to match the skills of those players. And it just seems like Mariota is playing in a comfortable scheme where, you know, he, he can he can do what he's told, but he can't he he can't elevate the team. He no, can't I think- take Higher. I think I think he's doing a good job mentoring uh, Desmond off the field, but hopefully Ritter uh, was drink. You know, he was drinking the same Gatorade as uh, Sauce Gardner in, in in Cincinnati. So I don't know. Hopefully, by association, friendship, uh, you know, you can see a little bit of quality um, come through there. But yeah, I don't know, Alex, what your thoughts are. If you saw much of Ritter in Cincinnati, third round pick, we sound a little bit desperate here. But I don't know. You, you switch things up a little bit. You throw the ball to Pitts. You throw the ball to London. They've already got the running game. You know, I don't know. I think it could be a pretty pretty decent offense. Yeah, I think good. I think you just need kind of that ace receiver. And I think Pitts isn't really it. And I think you got to look at, at what your, you know, your draft capital can, can kind of get you for next year. I'd look to probably build their rush defense because they're not very, you know, you want someone at least trying to pressure, you know, opposition quarterback. Uh, for them but I mean when you're looking at both these teams they're both kind of (laughs) subpar they're both got a lot to fix they've both had interesting you know kind of years with trades and picks so I think if we're going with our you know if we're going to go with our picks for this game you know Riley's yawning because it is kind of one of those games (laughs) where you'll probably yawn through but I'm going to go Falcons I don't think it's going to be a good game I think it's just going to be messy across the board. And I think the Falcons are just going to be able to come out on top as they've already been able to against the Panthers. Dan, who you got? Panthers or Falcons? This is, this is difficult. Look, I'm, I'm, yes, I'm going to go the Falcons. And I think Mariota is just going to continue to trick this franchise into keeping him as, as, as QB1 as Ritter rides the bench. So, you know, I'm with you. I, I think the Falcons will win. Fair. Riley, you get to round us up. We got two for the Falcons. I am actually going to agree with you both for once. So I reckon just 
I think the Falcons are just on a bit more of a they look more like they're going to win games lately than the Panthers, even though the Panthers had a really good win last week. I think they yeah, I think the Falcons just have a little bit more firepower, especially with Cordaro back. He just gives them that little X factor, don't know where he's going kind of thing. So yeah, let's go Falcons. All right, well yeah, <laughs> Sorry, Panthers fans, but as someone who really dislikes Baker Mayfield, that makes me happy that nobody picked the Panthers. Um, we are going to move into our second game, and I'm very, very excited to talk about this one. Just, just, just for 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 a lot of reasons. You know, for those of you who have not been listening to the podcast, you should be aware by now that Ryan and I are both big Bears fans. So whenever we see Aaron Rodgers throwing a phone against the wall looking real sad on the field because he's losing, not being able to connect to his receivers, not being able to score, getting picked off twice in the red zone. I don't know, Riley, but for me, <laughs> that was one of the most satisfying games to watch for Aaron as a Bears fan. I honestly loved it. And I think it made it like I love a Packers loss, hmm. but to the Lions. Hmm. Like, I don't think they've lost to them in years. Like, it's one of those that, you know, they were one and six. Like, and now the Lions are two games behind, uh, a game behind the Packers. Like, when can we ever say that when it's not the beginning, like when it's round two? Like, it it was insane. And the Lions were playing really well. Like, I, you know, their, their DBs were on fire. Like, yes, Rogers was complaining that, his receivers aren't catching or they're not on the same page. But he was throwing the ball right where it should have been and their DBs were just getting their hands in there. Like they were playing excellent and Rogers was, you know, just getting frustrated. And I had to laugh. I think Lil Wayne tweeted out afterwards and was like, we should have got rid of number 12 before the season started or something like that. Like it's time to pack up. And it's like when you sign a massive contract like that, obviously the money is going to you. Like it's going to deplete the team of other resources. And everyone said like, okay, Rogers, you've got your bag. Now go and get your boy his bag. But he took too long and, you know, Adam's up and yeeted out. So, you know, he, he doesn't really have anyone else to blame. And they're like four games back from the Vikings who somehow are seven and one. Not only do do the Packers have to keep winning, but they have to bank on the Vikings at least losing a couple of games and we're halfway through the season. Like, it's ridiculous. I mean, the last time that a Green Bay Packers quarterback was picked off twice in the end zone was against the Lions back in 06, but it was Brett Favre. So for me, it's just like <laughs> it's it's, so, it's satisfying to know that that's a stat that exists out there, and I'm so glad that Aaron Rodgers is now joining the ranks of Brett Favre in that kind of category. So well done to him for that one. That's just well done. I mean, for the for the Lions to keep the Packers to nine points after giving up 32 kind of point one points per game, right? They have they're the team that allows the most points <laughs> um, in the NFL. To hold the Packers to nine was really well. I mean. Dan, really, when you're kind of looking at it, there's no light at the end of the tunnel apart from the steaming train that's coming toward him. No. And then, you know, I think there are, there are so many issues at Green Bay. So I think one of, one of the big issues, and, and it's been talked a little bit about in the media, is their lack of uh, ownership. So this, this uh, franchise owned by the community, and that's a sweet, uh, lovely story about how community can hold hands and own a, a sporting franchise, and that's fantastic. But what it does 
do is it creates some problems around free agency. Uh, there's no billion dollar owner that can just drop some cash on some of the big players out there. And then Aaron Rodgers needs to take a huge amount of blame. I think Tom Brady in a lot of ways has ruined the league. You know, he has just made all of these veteran quarterbacks think that they can play at the highest level through their late thirties into their early forties. And I don't know, but judging by this year, I, I just don't think that's the case. And I don't know. It's interesting how a lot of these players don't think about their legacy as well. You look at guys like John Elway, who, you know, he could have gone out and won, you know, a, a third Super Bowl in a row and made history, but he walked away on top. And I don't know. I, I just wondered whether this, that was ever a thought for Rogers. You know, he's never going to be short of money. And if he had walked away, he, yes, he wouldn't have been walking away with another Super Bowl, but they were back to back 10 and three seasons and he was back to back MVP. So, you know, yeah, very, very, very interesting. Uh, Riley couldn't agree more with your take on the contract. It does not make any sense to me. It really, really doesn't. And there's two parts to it. Anytime you talk about retirement, you spook the players around you. And Devontae Adams come out and said, no, 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 no. I am not going to be stuck for the majority of my contract playing with Jordan Love. I've seen him at practice. He is completely, <laughs> let's be nice. He couldn't hit the side of the barn door, but, um, and, you know, he left. And, and we just know that that hasn't worked out for either party. So Aaron Rodgers really stepped in it because he's emotional. He's not a good leader. And now he's not playing good football. So, yeah, I, I think a lot of the blame goes on Aaron Rodgers. But, yeah, there, there's quite a few other issues within this roster, that's for sure. I mean, there was a great moment in the Raiders game, if you look at any kind of like ESPN social media, where it was a Packers fan with a sign going, Devontae Adams, we miss you. Devontae Adams saw it was like, yeah, I miss you too, bro. <laughs> trade, yeah, tra- trade him back. I don't know. I think I think it's a possibility. I'd be making the call. Let's try and get him back. I was going to say, what I couldn't get over today, he was their leading rusher. He yeah. had four carries for 40 yards. Like, AJ Dillon is nicknamed Quadzilla. He this- should just be able to step. And no, they're, they're stacking the box. They know that the Packers cannot throw. Like the confidence between Rogers and his receivers is shot, and they just know that this is Aaron Jones or nothing. And yeah, and you're right, AJ Dillon. It's it's the, the defenses know exactly how the Packers are going to play and just have no confidence. They're 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 happy to to lose deep. Um, if you can Devontae Adams, um, you know, a defense, go for it. And they just know that Rogers and his receivers don't have it. Uh, taking little holidays, doing some weird experimental drugs during the off-season and not spending time with your rookie receivers. Bold move has not paid off. Yeah, it's 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 weird times, guys. This is weird. I mean, after all that, that's kind of all we have time to. We can't quite get to the Cowboys because we have completely, <laughs> absolutely annihilated the Packers. But just quickly touching on the Dallas Cowboys, who they are coming up against. Dallas is coming off a of bye week, coming off a very impressive game which hurts me to say this because it was against the Bears. Dak was 21 for 27. Tony Pollard rushed for 131 yards. I mean, he definitely came out to play. I think – I don't know if Zeke is coming back next week. It would be interesting to see. I mean, I think Dallas is winning this game fair and square. I don't think that Green Bay is going to be able to put up the points. I don't think they have the personnel to run the ball. I don't think they have the personnel to catch the ball. I don't think they have the same defense that they used to. They're just sad all around. So for me, I think when you've got Dallas who can run the ball with Pollard and Zeke, if he's healthy, if not, Pollard can totally take the brunt of that work. Uh, You've got CeeDee Lamb and Schultz and – 
you know, Gallup as well. And you've got a defense as well that, you know, with Michael Parsons, it's going to be able to pick off Rodgers. I'd like to see twice in the end zone. That'd be nice to watch. <laughs> but I'm going to go Cowboys. No question, no doubt. Cowboys by a 20-point margin, I think, to win the game. Riley? Thoughts? Um, yeah, I. besides the bias fact that I want the Packers to lose, I think they will. Yeah, I think Zeke is supposed to be back and Jerry Jones come out and said that he will resume like running back one um, duties, but they're a one-two punch. You know, Zeke comes in, he chunks it out, runs up the middle. Pollard comes out, you know, gives a little, you know, he can run up the middle, but he's better on the outside. But then they've got those threats running in the receiving core. Um, and nothing will make me happier than watching Rogers run around like a little girl trying to get away from Mike Parsons. That is just like he's a freak of a player, Parsons, and I just sack City, like just get him. That's going to be so satisfying to see. Dan, you've got – are we going to go three for three like we did with the Falcons? Yeah, this is, uh, this is weird. I don't like agreeing with everyone. The Cowboys are going to win. It's going to be massive. Huge victory. Uh, again, yeah, it, it's, you know, really interesting. Um, for a lot of teams that are struggling a little bit, Micah Parsons really gives you hope because literally one player can turn your team around. You know, they, they the Dallas Cowboys have a special defense and they only have a special defense because of one player, and that's that that's incredible. So it just gives hope to a lot of other teams <laughs> out there to hang in there, but don't waste uh, this guy's early career, you know, Jerry Jones, obviously he's getting a little bit older. They have to figure this out and try and go on a Super Bowl run because um, yeah, what Mike is doing is incredible. Cowboys, they win this one easily. All right. We're three for the Falcons, three for the Cowboys. Sorry, Packers. Well, not really, but <laughs> watch this again. Um, anyway, we have got to now move on to our final games of the week in rapid fire. I am going to kick off with mine. I've got Chiefs and Jaguars. Shocked to see the Jaguars beat the Raiders. That was fascinating. The Chiefs struggled against the Titans. Like last year, I would have been like, Chiefs or the Jags, no problem. But I don't know. Like I feel like the Jags could upset the Chiefs. I say could lightly. Um, but I am going to go Chiefs over the Jaguars just because I think that the Chiefs are going to come out and have something to prove kind of after this past week. Steelers-Saints, that's going to be an interesting game. I feel like that's very evenly matched. Ooh, I'm going to go – oh, I don't know. Hmm. <laughs> I mean, Saints are coming off their game against the Ravens. Steelers are coming off of, – oh. <laughs> Steel- no, Saints. Yeah, Saints. I'm going to go Saints. I'm going to go Who Dat Nation. <laughs> Just I'm 49ers. <laughs> I'm really struggling with these games. My God, I thought that'd be easy. 49ers, Chargers. I'm going to go upset and say 49ers. I think if Christian McCaffrey can – look, here's the thing. I don't think the Chargers are playing all that well. I don't. That was an upset. Aren't, wouldn't the Chargers be favorites for this one? No, nah, I don't reckon. Okay, well, then not upset. for The favorites, 49ers. <laughs> I'm going to go 49ers here. I think the Chargers have really kind of fallen down by the wayside, which is sad to see because on paper they look so good and sound so good. But unfortunately, they've just not been able to execute a little bit. And I think that line is going to be a big problem. And I think the 49ers, with the addition of Christian Cavery and maybe Bose is going to get in for a couple sacks, but I see the 49ers pulling away with that win. Riley, your games for the remainder of the week. 
All right, so first up, um, Bill's first Viking, Viking, Vikings. <laughs> um, I, I think this is going to be a somewhat entertaining game. I'm thinking no defence, you know, big game. Bill's coming off a really ugly loss um, to the Jets and the Vikings scraping through by the skin of their teeth against the Commanders. I'm going to go Bills. I, I think it was a bit of an anomaly. That's the, yeah, this is like the anemone all over again. Um, I think I'm going to, yeah, I think Bills come in. They're just, Jets game was just not not them at all. And Alan even came out and said, you know, it's hard to win when your quarterback plays like shit. So, yeah, let's go Bills. Um, Giants, Texans. I'm going to go with the upset here and go Texans. I think. I think they're on a bit of a roll. I think they gave the the Eagles a, a good run for their money and I think they're only getting better during the season. And the Giants still are yet to really prove themselves as a team. Like, yes, they're winning, but it's not convincingly and it is reliant pretty much solely on the ground game. Um, Eagles versus Commanders. Um, as much as I would love to see Tyler... Uh, Taylor Heineke get a pair of green Jordans. I think the Eagles steamroll over the top of them. Um, with that one, they just have too much firepower and the commanders don't have enough to stop that. Um, Bears versus Lions. <clears throat> I'm gonna stick with my boys this week and I'm gonna go, I'm gonna go, we're gonna break this losing streak, and and we're gonna just we're gonna hopefully hop up to the Packers, um, you know, and then when we verse the Packers later in the year, we'll hop them again and still not make the playoffs, but at least we'll be in front. But we will have a – if the Packers lose, which I think they will, and the Bears win, which I think they will, we will then have a better record than the Packers, which will make me a very happy Bears fan, as it will you, Riley. Dan, you get to round us off with your games. It's not as exciting as our game, but take it away. Yeah, let's go. Yeah, that's right. Who cares if you lose games? You got you got yourself a quarterback, Justin Fields. Holy shit, he's doing it. He's doing the thing. Uh, okay, Miami Dolphins take on the Cleveland Browns. You know, listen. The other thing that I'm noticing in the league at the moment is running games are deadly, and the Browns. Nick Chubb, he is a bad, bad man. And I think this is a this is a difficult matchup for Miami. I think everyone's going to be looking at Tua and Tyreek and Jalen Waddle and expecting um, an easy win. I don't think that's going to be the case. I think the Browns are going to play keep away. They're going to keep this really, really tight. I think Miami still get the win here, but um yeah, I, I think this is I think this is closer than what a lot of people will think. Uh Titans v Broncos. Uh yeah, weird times. So obviously Russ broke through in London. They've had their bye. They've had a little bit of a rest and they come up against the Titans. I'd be doing everything you possibly can to try and get this high ankle sprain right for Tannehill. Um, even just wheel him out there, put him in a wheelchair or something so he can throw the ball around because, uh, you know, if the Titans are able to get Tannehill on the field, uh, they should easily take care of the Broncos thanks to uh, the one, the only Derek Henry, who for three consecutive years – I've expected a bit of a decline. I'm still not seeing it. It's it's incredible. Uh, maybe next year that happens. But in, uh, until then, King Henry, incredible, incredible things. Uh, let's move through now to uh, the Rams uh, coming up against the Cardinals. Um, who would have said at the start of the year that this is just an absolute dumpster fire situation for both both teams? The LA Rams... This is SOS and there's no one coming to save them. A lot of their 
as you know, they've got a couple of uh, high-level superstars and then nothing underneath. Uh, this is this is a really, really difficult situation. It hurts my head to think about how they're going to turn this around. And it also hurts the head of Sean McVay, who's already talking about potential early retirement when a few of these older players walk away. Walk away. So, yeah, this is this is weird times. Uh, the Cardinals, yeah, Kyler Murray, don't like his attitude, not a leader. Sulks, uh, blames other people. Probably is their fault, to be honest. Kyle is a great player, but still he's got to do a better job as a leader. And uh, Kingsbury, he's on he's on his last legs as a coach. So, um, look, I'm going to go the Cardinals to get the job done here. If they don't, uh, I think that'll be the end of their coach. And the last one here is the great, not so great, Tampa Bay Buccaneers uh, with the GOAT taking on the Seattle Seahawks. I don't understand football this year uh, because of Geno Smith. It We have never seen this before where a bust – a backup quarterback becomes a star of our league. It does not happen. I, I, I don't know. I don't know what's happening with Geno Smith. Uh, the Seattle Seahawks, I've never been so wrong in my entire life. They're they're playing outstanding. They're a great football team. They've had one of the best draft classes I've ever seen. Uh, upgrade Geno over the next couple of years, and you're going to be an absolute contender. Who knows? They could be this year. Brady, he's going to be up against it this, this week. Uh, I've got Seattle getting the job done there. All right, again, interesting game. It's going to be another interesting week of football. I'm always excited for when it comes around. Riley, I know you're excited. Dan, I know you're excited. I know Laura's going to love the fact that you just gave so much praise to her Seattle Seahawks since she's not here to do that. But, uh, guys, that is all we have time for. Enjoy week 10 of football, and we'll catch you next week.